0: Latest appearance then of Michael Gomez in the black trunks here a pretty exciting young fighter with a good following a lot of his fans wearing Mexican hats here because uh, well he's got a Latin fighter as his hero Wilfredo Gomez oh big left hook and that should be the end of it no count needed it's over good decision by referee Ken Curtis. waves the fight over without the count and Michael Gomez has done that Probably inside a minute.
1: Ten years after that fight, I boxed in the national stadium. There was another fight in the card that night, and something was going to happen. Something strange. Something I'd never seen in the ring before or since.
2: Good evening and you're welcome to the National Stadium here in Dublin for our first Pro Box Live of 2006. We've got a great night of action ahead for you, including two of the hottest Irish talents around, Bernard Dunn and Michael Gomez.
1: I was fighting alongside another Irish boxer called Michael Gomez. He had a reputation inside and outside of the ring.
3: And Gomez is, a, is an intimidating kind of person. I can, I can say now, I shook hands with him over there and so on. But he's not a nice kind of person. He's really intimidating.
1: He was the bad boy of boxing. Wild, aggressive, nasty. And more than anything else, unpredictable. So how are you doing? Uh, where does Michael Michael Gomez? It's 25, is it? Just behind us there, is it? I remember that fight in the National Stadium. At the weigh in, Gomez was going crazy. The fight nearly started there. He was shouting at Peter McDonough, I'm going to knock you out. And this wasn't just for show. No, the
2: weigh in yesterday, we got a little uh, a snatch of it earlier on. I, I sometimes think I, think I have to say that these things are staged. This certainly wasn't.
1: The two men would have no idea what would happen that night in the ring. I suppose nobody did. But only one person could really explain. And that was Michael Gomez.
3: You wanna knock me out? I uh, wanna knock you out. I'll knock you out like last man. Lads,
4: take it out.
1: Please. Eight years on, and I'm in Moston, Manchester. To meet Michael Gomez. And to find out what really happened that night.
5: Well channel. <laughs>
1: You seem to like inflicting pain, like you know we're just looking at the picture here in your sitting room with the framed gloves um of Alex Arthur lying on his back, and you just standing over him, snarling down at him looking up yeah, but it was smart in your face, you know it's you you seem to enjoy the fact that you could inflict that sort of pain on people.
5: it was like um... My way of getting all the bitterness out, all you know, like all the bad thoughts and that. my way of getting it out was phone shots. My way was like, hurting other people, making them feel how I felt.
1: There was always stories about Gomez.
2: Let's get um, uh, some information and find a little bit more about Michael Gomez, a very interesting character, born in Longford. Michael Armstrong is actually his real name, but you'll hear more about that in a minute. He changed it to Michael Gomez. Let's find out all about him now
1: but sometimes I
3: thought they were just myths. I was born in Longford, and I was born in a car on the side of the road. Yeah, she gave birth to me on the
5: side of the road. On the side of the road she gave birth to me? Yeah.
1: popped up. His father, who was clinically blind, crashed the car trying to drive Michael's mother to the hospital. His mother ended up giving birth on the side of a road outside of Longford.
0: I think a lot of people don't know your story. Your trainer tells me that you were born in a car and brought up in a children's home. It's, it's, it's what
3: a, a success. Story. That was real life. It's not a story.
1: That's not a story. That was real life, he replied. I was
5: proud to be Irish. I was 100% proud of where I've come from. And I was born in a car, raised in Caravans. I was born in Ireland, I'm proud of
3: that. Yeah, raised, raised in Dublin. spent most of my time in Chicago and, and Ballymun was offered a WBU world title fight against Willie Le in Scotland, you know, which is a big thing. We turned down to go to Ireland and, and you know, make a home, home appearance for an Irish title, so that's how much it means to me.
5: I was always at it. was always fighting, since We were fighting with other travelling kids. So whoever, whoever won, that, that got a point by a beard whatever. That's our
1: first time. So you, you, your dad allowed you to fight so we could get a, a couple of points?
5: Yeah, that's how I started
1: off. One of his last memories of ever living in Dublin was when his younger sister Louise died. The family emigrated to Manchester soon after.
5: My mum was trying to run to get away from it, which is, you know, like, something you can't do. You've got to stay and grieve. But she never grieved. She tried to move away from it. Do you understand, do you understand that? Yeah. She's like, she tried to get away from it.
1: Michael was nine when the family arrived in Manchester.
5: Then when we come here, we move, we move next door to... A lesbian couple. My brother ended up with one of the lesbians. And
1: brother ended up with one of the lesbians?
5: Yeah, he had six kids, so, and my mum ran off with the other one. Did she? Left home? Left home, left all the kids in that.
1: The teenage Michael ended up in and out of care homes. And it was at this stage that he met someone special. His future wife, Alison. So you know Alison since you were 13? She was 13,
5: I was 14. He's a He was a pretty good show though. I was a really good child lifter. I used to rob me deodorants, uh, shampoos and stuff like that. And I used to leave, when I used to sell the stuff to her. I used to leave some deodorants and some spot cream for Alison for free. That's how I saw that I charmed.
1: And you had your first child? I was 15. 50
5: 15? Yeah. She got pregnant when she was 15. She was birthed when she was 16.
1: And you would have been? 17. 17 then? Yeah. It's no coincidence that the year he became a father, he became a fighter. uh, Is that
5: the same year you turned professional? Same year turned pro, June 10th
3: 1995. Well, my real name's Michael Armstrong, but uh, I've boxed under the name Michael Gomez. Uh, It started off as a a joke.
5: And he said to me, I have to change the name. I was gonna change it to Michael McGuigan.
3: (laughs)
1: <laughs> Why <are> you really? <laughs> that's, all I, that's
3: all I was going to do. I was watching a tape of a fight called Will Ferrell Gomez, who I liked, great style, throws a great left upper cut, like myself. And uh, I was trying a lot of left upper cuts, because that was his knockout was
5: shot. And he started knee me out in the
3: gym. And it sort of like stuck and snowballed. Now people come to me fights with sombreros on, and...
1: We're minutes from the ring walks in Dublin, and the national stadium is filling up nicely.
2: McDowell,
3: who's it going to be for you? For me, Gomez. He's the man who won the mind games as far as I'm concerned. McDonough doesn't have the power. It has to be for me, Gomez. Steve?
2: I agree with Michael. You have to fancy Gomez. He's got the experience behind him and the ability.
1: It's getting close to fight time. I can hear Gomez outside my dressing room, pacing up and down the corridor, calling for McDonough. He's telling him he's going to kill him, punching the walls. Security had to separate the two dressing rooms for fear that Gomez will get to him before the fight.
6: Here last night at the amateur finals, Michael Gomez was gunning for McDonough. He said, I'm going to put him away tomorrow night. have no doubt about that. And if he's in that sort of mood today, he's really wired, Michael. Absolutely, yeah. I've seen him last night and he's really ready for it, so it's going to be explosive. This is going to be some some ding-ding-dong, as they say.
1: Some ding-ding-dong, as they would say.
6: It's very nearly that time to bring the boxers to the ring and Mike Goodall is waiting with the introductions.
1: Ladies and gentlemen,
6: uh, welcome to a packed National Boxing Stadium here in Dublin. If you join us for the first of tonight's events, please welcome first to the ring uh, from uh, London, Peter McDonough. <laughs>
1: That thrill of going one on one with somebody, that moment of your standing behind the court, the moment the music starts.
5: Dilly 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 Okay.
1: It's showtime.
5: It's my time. This is so much.
6: And now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the ring uh, from Manchester, Mike.
1: Before we see what happens in the fifth round, we need to go back to the start of Michael Gomez's boxing career. In 2001, aged just 19, having just defeated Wayne Jones, Michael is out with some friends, in a nightclub, when a row breaks out.
5: To the who I was, so they got kicked out of the club. And they waited outside for us. When we came outside, they were already there waiting for us. And they broke into a fight, come rushing at me. I threw a shot. When I was in court, I explained there's a big, big left hook. I threw a big left hook. It just went terribly wrong. Just banged his head and died. The first charge was premeditated murder. He says it was a professional boxer. Then he goes dropped to a murder. Then he got dropped to Manslaw. I got no guilty on manslaughter. It was an accident. It should have never happened. Sam Powell.
1: Sam Powell. Yeah. Did you know?
5: No, I never knew. Just never get away, never, never get away from it. It's always there. Even to this day, I go to church and pray like a for the lad because of an accident. Shouldn't have happened.
1: Michael Gomez was to go undefeated for the next four years. In the
6: red corner, we're in the green, iron, white and orange trunks of... From Dublin and now fights out of Manchester. He weighed in at nine stone eight and a half pounds. He holds a 38-fight professional record, 32 wins, 22 wins by way of knockout, and six losses. He comes to the ring as the former WBU WBO Super Featherweight Champion of the
3: World. Please welcome the Predator,
1: Michael Yeoman.
5: After that, that's on one winning spree, if you watch, I make mean, record. You
1: had 19 fights after that?
5: Unbeaten. Unbeaten,
1: yes. Was that a wake-up call, that instance, you know, with that young she kid? Did, it was
5: a shock and there was a lot of guilt involved. So when I started drinking heavy, because of the guilt.
1: It was then you started drinking heavy,
5: yeah, was it? Trying to get away from the, trying to get away from the, you know, the, the guilt
0: and suddenly, from nowhere, Michael Gomez has produced a great shot, and he looks here to go in and take advantage. Can Thornhill get through the crisis? He desperately needs to hold on.
1: Leinster way of knockout, uh, which demonstrated kind of how powerful you could be and how devastating you could be when you were on form.
0: Some bravos being thrown in the ring, but what a win that is for Michael Gomez. I was
5: drinking, there was a lot of drugs involved as well.
1: Drugs as well? Yeah. What like, sort of drugs were you taking?
5: Cocaine, uh, amphetamine, ecstasy. Just like...
1: And was this while you trained, Michael?
5: Just, yeah, it was sort of like, me I had to block everything
0: out. He's caught by a left hook there from Gomez. Exploded that punch. I was, drinking,
5: I was drinking quite a lot. I was drinking enough every night. But I was drinking spirits. So with the I, me, I wouldn't really put on much weight on
1: like, Are we talking... Four or five shots, are we talking a are we talking and nagging, we were talking. a bottle of whiskey. A bottle of whiskey, a night. Yeah, yeah. You were drinking. Yeah. And competing as a professional athlete. Yeah. And, and drugs wise?
5: When I used to drink a bottle of whiskey, I used to just be sat at home drinking it. So, I'm really taking drugs, because I didn't take drugs when I was out.
1: How long before fights would you stop drinking, or would you drink right up to fights?
5: Yeah, i have to stop drinking about. I have to give it at least 10 days before. One to pass the drug test and two to make weight.
1: So you would stop taking drugs and drink 10 days before fight yeah. to make weight and, and just have clean urine? Yeah. And still, you won the British title, WBU Intercontinental title, World, world title, WBU World. I won Young best. All in this 19 fight spree? Yeah.
5: Just, 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 like, even now, my head's still messed up. Over, like, having to live with that kid dying. I mean, I mean, mad life.
0: But Michael Gomez, to the delight of those sombrero-clad fans, is the British super featherweight champion in only the second
3: round. First of all, I'd like to thank my support very much. I want to dedicate this belt to a young lad who died, Mike company, in Manchester two years ago, Sam Powell. This is for you, Sam. I love you and I'm sorry for what happened.
4: Well, when I first met Gomez, we was on a, an England squad at Crystal Palace. We was in the room, obviously, we got talking. I was clicked like that Me, he was just talking as if we'd known each other for years. We were going on about family and stuff and he was telling me he had a kid. And I was like, wow, no, he's 15, 15 16, do you know what I mean? I couldn't believe it, me, but... Everyone knew him, no matter where we went. Didn't, not just in Manchester. I remember once we went to Blackpool. I think we went on someone's stag do or something. And went up there and he was... Everyone knew him there. Gomez phoned me up. Where are you? I'm in Tenerife. I was in Tenerife with all my mates. I'm a bird and I'm coming. He goes, no, you're not. He goes, I'm coming. I said, no, nah, you're not coming. I'm coming. Where are you? I told him and everything. Next day he turned up. Him and Alison turned up. That was it. Tenerife went wild. It was wild.
1: Yeah, follow you around. Well done, How are you, my man? Well Come here, seemed to think people didn't notice. I came here to meet his best friend and stablemate, Michael Jennings. Jennings fought Miguel Cotto in Madison Square Garden. It's
4: all right, innit? It's old school, it's old school. It's not, um, we've been going into all the gyms and that, and they're all high tech, but this is just, uh, this is how we wanted it. We
1: wanted it like
4: this. It's four walls and a boxing ring. Yeah. This, is, this is what we wanted. And then when they actually examined his arm, oh, it was a am- His back of his arm here, tricep or whatever it's called, it was just, ang. it was, it was literally sliced from there to there.
1: From the elbow right up near right up to up, the armpit. Yeah,
4: near enough to the armpit. And it was just hanging off like a flap of skin.
1: Himself and Gomez get stabbed one night. And Gomez ends up flatlining for forty-eight seconds.
4: The stuff what puts you to sleep, he went allergic to. He came back and he was massive. You were like,
1: well, <laughs> <laughs> like his head had just swelled.
4: His whole body. It Did was it? just like someone had put put a pump in him and pumped him up. It was massive. I mean, with Gomez, when I first went to the gym uh, from the boxing side, Gomez was probably one of the most dedicated kids in the gym. He was really good. He could do anything. He could do everything. He could box. For his weight, it he was he was strong. Me and Gomez, we were sparring every day, and I was welterweight, and I sparred with Gomez under them and under the rounds, and he could punch. And as far as talent goes, honestly, he, he had ev- I'm not just saying it, he had everything. He had the lot. He could. I like, like at that time you had Ricky Hatton, you had Anthony. Um, Farnell. Oh, well, there we go. Fame Egos, that's what they called them, weren't it? The, the, the Manchester trio yeah. Farnell, Hatton, and Gomez. Uh, before he even won the British title, got, I thought, and I think so sort of a lot of other people thought that Gomez, would, out of them three, including Ricky, Gomez would have been the one. Looking at it from an outsider point of view, I remember when he won his... Um, um, central area title. Mm. And from that fight, things just started changing. Like, before, that, like, Gomez was to be in the gym, you know, with us every night, every day of the week, and he'd be doing his running and what have you, and then from that, things just started changing, he started missing the gym. Instead of having a week off, he'd have two weeks off, he'd have three weeks off. And then when he started coming to the gym...
1: And it wasn't just taking a break, he was actually out on the drink, he yeah, was... Yeah,
4: yeah, doing all sorts of stuff. And then, but when he came back to the gym, don't get me wrong, he'd get stuck into his training, but there were just little things what were different, you know, with him, you could see. Do you know what I mean? But we didn't know that at the time. Obviously, we knew he was up to stuff, but not up to that extent, you know, nights before a big fight like that. normally Gomez had been a changing room, punching lockers. Do you know what I mean? He'd, he'd, be, punching, he'd be punching dints into lockers and everything. But that night, he just didn't seem him himself at all. There was something wrong. We, he just wasn't right. He wasn't himself. And afterwards, apparently, he'd been partying. Do you know what I mean? But we didn't know that at the time. Obviously, we knew it was up to stuff, but not up to that extent, you know? Nights before a big fight like that, to do something like that, That's just, is it normal? I don't know. I don't think it's normal, is it? It's not normal. Nights before a big fight like that. Just fighting on in
0: sheer instinct now two more left on the right, he's gone here the referee surely has to stop the fight and he does, and I have to say and I know Brian Hughes in the corner will quarrel with me but I have to say, he should have been pulled out at the end of the previous round, Bogner has won that's not the most important thing, it's the first time Gomez has lost in nearly four years, but how is he, what is his medical condition in there, it's very, very worrying
5: I stopped um, taking drugs about a week before, but I carried on drinking. That's why I got beat. No excuses or nothing, but that's why I beat me. Because I had to rip the weight off. I had to panic then. I had to panic to lose the weight.
0: Frank, well, you were just over there in the corner with Brian and Michael. What on earth was wrong with him tonight? I don't know. Brian said that he's he's had the flu, which uh, which we we just literally heard about. Um, and he just wasn't in there tonight. He didn't look right tonight. Should he have been in the ring tonight? Well, with a benefit of hindsight, no.
1: There was a rematch. Bogna Gomez too. In the first two rounds, Gomez is floored by the Hungarian.
4: And
0: once again, Gomez is looking a complete shell of what he used to be. And nobody can say he had flu this time. Thumping left hand, cracking in through the high-held guard. The damage to the eye is worse. And these are torrid times here for Michael Gomez. What on earth is the matter with him?
1: In the third round, Gomez floors the Hungarian and wins. There were too many boxers who get knocked down in each of the first two rounds and get up to knock their opponent out in the third. But that was Michael Gomez.
0: The relief is tangible for Gomez. Because he was looking almost right down the barrel in terms of his career about five minutes ago. Well, it was determination. He really wanted a
2: win here.
5: In the the second round, in a rematch against Laszlo Bogno, it showed how brave I was because in the first round I got dropped, in the second round I got dropped. Most players would have buckled and fell apart, but on me I come out and stopped them in the third round. It showed me me strength, determination.
1: The drinking and drugs. Gomez just couldn't keep getting away with it. He lost again, this time to Kevin Lear.
0: Well, there's a discussion going on there with Gomez saying, don't stop it, with Brian Hughes. Now, now what is happening here? Stopping it. The, he's stopping the fight. Brian Hughes wants to stop it.
1: I'm not going to let you take that punishment. Gomez, coach said. No,
0: please, you. I'm positive. I'm positive. He's made the decision. I'm positive, he says. Positive.
1: After that fight, he urged the 25-year-old Gomez to retire for his own sake. 25. You get beat by Kevin Lear and yourself and your long-time trainer from amateur days and your professional career. You break up. Mm. You and Brian Hughes.
5: I left Brian Hughes when I got beat by Kevin Lear because, remember, he pulled me out of the fight.
1: He told you in the fight, yes, he yeah. felt you were taking an offer and he felt it was probably time for you to go to Pastors New and look for a different career.
5: If before I was finished, I have to think an fight. And all it was was down to my dedication.
0: Really, whether he believes that Michael Gomez has now just had too many hard fights... And is on the slide. It has looked like that. We don't want to be harsh about him. It's been a fabulous story, his rise to championship level from children's homes and truancy and tearaway. But I think the fact is now he's not the fighter that he was.
1: By 2003, Michael Gomez was seen as a stepping stone for up-and-coming fighters. At this stage of my career, I was training in LA, in the wildcard gym. Made famous by Freddie Roach, a young Scottish fighter by the name of Alex Arter, or as he was more commonly known in Scotland, the Amazing Alex Arter, came over to train with me. He wasn't just a great Scottish hub, he was a great British hope for winning a world title, which was something he would later do in his career. But right now, he was getting ready to fight Michael Gomez and training with Alex. I didn't give Gomez a chance. Cause I am just I, I just love that image. There's a framed picture on the wall of Michael Gomez's home. Just above us is the is the gloves you wore in the fight, yes? Yeah. And a picture of you just looking down on Alex Arter. Um, and you just staring at him.
5: I'm Ricky Hatton from the other side.
1: And Ricky Harton on the other side. What was going through your mind just there as you as you look down at him on the floor? Referee waving the fight off. What are you thinking?
5: i done it. I've showed you all. And before I was finished, and before, before I was the end of Michael Gomez, I showed them all once again. But I'm a, I'm a heart.
1: The fight was incredible. But there is one thing that stands out about this fight. Let's
0: go. So intense, there is a burning ferocity and concentration about him. There has been all the way through the build-up, and everyone around him says he has never, ever been in shape like this.
1: I wonder to myself, how Michael Gomez, drinking a bottle of whiskey a night, beat the amazing Alex Arter.
0: Surely now, Gomez will do it. Yeah, he's down again, he's down again. And he gets up too quick.
1: He bobbed and weaved like a snail. And bang! Every time we chew a punch, it just seemed to explode on Alex Arder. And
0: Gomez has come back from some periods in his career when, frankly, we all thought he was shot, and he's won this fight.
1: This is Gomez's zenith. His peak. How he'll be remembered by five fans. The performance of a career. Well, hell.
0: Yeah. Was that one of the greatest fights you have ever seen? That was a fabulous At any fight. level?
3: Yeah, that was a fabulous, fabulous fight. And Gomez was fantastic. Absolutely. And I apologise for all through his career I haven't given him the full credit he I deserves. He'll get it from now on.
1: For me, I think this image, Michael, I think it, it typifies everything that you were about. You know, you've got, you've got the golden boy at the time, who was, was Alex Arter, and you've got Michael Gomez, who had been probably drinking, taking drugs, no, that was the only
5: fight. That the only fight i had done in twelve weeks. It was the only fight in my career I'd done in twelve weeks for. If I ever'd been messing about myself would have beat me. It was the only fight I was dedicated for.
1: And i watched that fight and your your performance there was incredible. Yeah, movement was unbelievable. It was you rolled and rolled, you got down, your left hook, you just never missed with it. It was like a bomb every time you let it go
5: since so he was in the best shape of my life, physically and mentally.
1: But a performance like that, would that not then encourage you to stop drinking at the time?
5: No, he encouraged me to pay more. I went out of control after that. After I got a win off of Alex Alpha, I went more out of control.
1: It was actually counterproductive.
5: Yeah. So swim so I berserk Did that fight finish me?
1: Did 12 weeks training for that fight?
5: 12 weeks of training, dedication, more points with me out. I was never the same fight after that fight.
1: But how long did you party for after Alex Hart?
5: About six months. I fought a fight after Alex Art for. I thought Ben Allemata for the WBU World title. And, uh, I struggled to make weight again because I'm pie so, Like, would it be... Binges. Day. Just pie into my body collapse.
1: Despite the drinking and drugs, Gomez managed to win his next two fights. But things unravelled when he faced Javier Alvarez in the MEN Arena. Messed up. What happened in that fight? Was he, Was it you messing up? Was he too good? That was me messing up. You can
5: tell that by the way my face balled up. I struggled my weight. Just paying too much. My wife went away. With the kids, it was near Christmas time. Uh, I found after Christmas, but at Christmas time she went away with the kids and left me in the house on my own. Just train. because I was left on my own, I went out of control. And pie, you more, I do have people back to the house every night for pies.
1: Was that the end of Michael Gomez? Can people have your Alvarez?
5: No, the end of Michael Gomez was the end Alex
1: Say have a fight. We never saw the real Michael Gomez after that.
5: Never. I could have achieved so much more if I had dedicated myself, but I didn't. I've got to live with that for the rest of my life.
6: Gomez retaliates, as you can see, with one, two, three, four, five unanswered punches. That's the thing, he's able to cluster them, whereas my isn't.
1: Three years after he beats Alex Arter. On the eye of Nine fights. And a lot of drinking drugs. It's the fifth round in the national stadium. And Gomez has dominated the force ball.
6: Big, big support for both men, but particularly for Gomez Armstrong. Huge crowds in one man best in Manchester. Gomez one best in London, McDonough.
1: And then it happens. Why have come to Manchester. Gomez drops his hands turns his back, just stops, in the middle of the ring. And McDonough throws one, two, three, maybe a half dozen shots. But Gomez eventually goes down.
6: Absolutely, and he just, like, stopped. It reminds me of Duran Leonard. He just, he walked away. It's just, it's, it's mind boggling here. He just, he just stopped boxing. And McDonough was perfectly in his right to keep punching. Look, he just turned away. He turned away. He just turned away. Now he's getting caught in the back of the head and there. <coughs> extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary.
5: But I don't think there was a stab of a mental breakdown. i just like, it's not, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand it myself. But what was going through your head
1: when... How did you make the decision to turn your back and... OK, I'm not boxing. It's just mad.
5: No other way to say it, it's mad. Um something that'll me. Something that'll me for the rest of my life. Uh, I don't know what happened.
1: Do you remember it?
5: I just don't know what happened.
1: Like, did something just click and say, I don't want to be here, were you getting hurt? He
5: couldn't he couldn't hurt me if you tried to. No disrespect to him. You know, he was in my
3: class. Guys, explain that to me, Mick. Uh, there is no explanation. <laughs> I am absolutely shocked. I mean, Gomez just had reached the end of his tether. He was yeah. finished. He didn't want to have any more to do with it. And there comes a time in your career when you enough is enough. You yeah. just don't want any more. Boxing is no longer for you. There's something wrong there. He, he, do you he really totally... feel that strongly about it? Oh, that's, a,
2: that's a big statement to make. Something's not right
1: here. But prior to that, when you had problems away, your sheer aggression got you through. Your sheer, for lack of a better word, hatred of your opponent got you through. What happened to that?
5: Just you know all went. Too much pain, too much can. And
1: do you think that's the one time I caught up on you? I
5: won't say it's the one time it's caught up but it's one of the times where... I didn't dedicate myself enough to cope with
1: It's a boxer's attitude. You never try to tell her.
5: Never want to quit. It's a bizarre world. It's a bizarre world. It brings all back to McDonald's. Yeah. You know, never want to quit. But then I quit against him.
1: And that's, that's why I feel that's so strange. That's why I feel. I suppose the drink and drugs have to take toll at some stage, Michael.
5: Had to break me down on time. It should have been just a walkover. It should have been just like another fight. But I made it into I made it into a battle
0: because of my own mental state. The
2: promoter of last night's contest, Brian
0: Peters, told RTÉ Radio Sport.
4: I think it was as simple as this: Michael Gomez finished boxing. He quit boxing. He just happened to pick the fifth round in the National Stadium last night to do it. I think it's as simple as that.
2: According to Michael Gomez, he decided to quit the sport mid-round of a lightweight national title fight in a packed arena.
6: It comes to me, you know, that it's just all a just come
3: to me that it's gone, it's over. You know, uh, I know, I know, I don't know why he comes to me in the fifth round in the middle of the stadium. I think I could have been out walking, I could have been playing with the kids. just comes to me and I turned away. As you can see, I wasn't getting hurt. Um, he just, just, just comes to me as a to a
5: my speech is not the best. It's the reason for my speech, that you know, like going—it's the way I party, that. Yeah.
3: That's
1: the way I punch punches. Nothing to do with boxing?
5: No, as far as I say, it's not to do boxing. It's because I've OD'd a few times. Tried killing myself.
1: Did you?
5: Yeah. When? Um, after the McDonald's fight.
1: You tried to kill yourself after the McDonald's fight? Yeah. Made with was bits.
5: of so, all. Like I said, i live for the rest of my life.
1: And what did you try?
5: I tried killing myself. Hell, overdose on cocaine. I just couldn't live with it. I to kill her. I don't. Just wanted to end it.
1: Was it because you thought you know? Was it because you, was it because of what happened, or was it because you thought boxing was over at that stage?
5: bit of both. bit of both. I got. I've never been able to come to terms with walking out of the ring. Never. Just a bad ever.
1: You would have thought, for Michael Gomez, retirement beckoned after the McDonough fight. But incredibly, he boxed nine more times, including fights against big guns like Amir Khan and Ricky Burns. Well, Michael, did we simply lose to the better man
3: tonight? Yeah, well, what it was, I just think he beat an old Michael Gomez, you know. Uh, the snap's been going for a while. It was just uh, tonight I realised myself, you know, I think he was thank everybody, you know, and, uh, you know, there's going to be no tears, though. <laughs> Thanks for talking
1: <laughs> to us. Michael makes himself a cup of tea. His last fight was an unregulated bout against a man called Mercedes who are saving up for a sex change.
3: I'd like to win a major title as lightweight before I retire, you know, I'm only 28, I mean, I still, I've got till 32, 33 before I retire, but before I retire, definitely want a European or a major world title. And that, that's, that's the goals, and that's what I'm gonna do.
5: I've got to live with this for the rest of my life, what I could have done. Love you like, what, what could I have done if I was been dedicated. I've got to live with that for the rest of my life. It breaks my heart. I could have be been easily world champion. My problems were all caused by myself, so it's hard to explain to somebody else. Do you
1: truly believe
5: that? It's the way I lived. There's no one to blame but myself. It's just the man that looks back at me in the mirror. He's the man to blame Yeah, I had a mental breakdown because I miss boxing that much. I've got to live with the facts. I never took it serious. All my life i live with that.
1: No. You get a mental breakdown. And so by a mental breakdown, what, exa- what exactly happened? Just, just,
5: just and very hard and not sleeping and being very upset about missing boxing. Just crying, Alison. Alison used to have to take a lot of backlash. the first year, was crying myself to sleep.
1: It's a hard thing to replace.
5: There's no, there's no replacing it. There's no replacing it. You know, I was always looking for something I'll never find.
1: Was that the problem with the drink and the drugs?
5: Yeah, I was looking for something I'll never find.
1: This is all what Do you miss it. Yeah, I, I did. I missed the buy for the first year. First two months was a novelty, and I was fun bit away from it. The next next year was just a nightmare. And you don't know what to do with yourself. And you missed the regime of training. I missed. Yeah. I missed. I missed getting into the ring of fighting people. I miss getting in that challenge. It's tough
5: not knowing what we're doing. Yeah, it's the best way. Looking for something we can't find. Uh,
1: you, Michael's son enters. Michael Gomez Jr. He's a promising boxer. Now signed to Frank Warden's stable. He's the opposite of his father. You your father's lifestyle when he boxed? Is that a lesson for you?
4: Yeah, yeah. Seeing him now, it's like, sometimes he's alright, and then the game smooth and it's, Like when he's in the gym, you can tell like he misses it as well. Like you can tell like when, like even in the gym when watching you can tell he misses it to. You no. Know, that like he's trying the shots. He's yeah, like yeah. Bob and
1: a Weaver. Yeah. Like, I, I suppose are you gonna are you gonna try and live the opposite life to what your dad lived? Is, is, that, is, is that what you want to try and do? Yeah, yeah
4: that's what I, I will
0: do as well. Mm. I think a lot of people don't know your story. Your trainer tells me that you were born in a car and brought up in a children's home. It is
3: What a success. That was real life. It's not a story. It was great.
5: Living every moment. Since I was telling you, know, like I look back and think, think, wow, that was me. I lived a dream. I lived a dream. People dreamed of why I lived. Just seems to um, seemed to go so fast. Just pass so fast. My career. Look back on it, it would know, just pass so fast. It's amazing how I made it to the ring, how I got myself in another shape. Bizarre. Madness. i change it all. It's mad look back and say, That was me. I was Michael Gomez.